0: the danger gnome podcast dropper post show well travis is on the uh on the phone here with me it's the danger gnome hey travis Hey, go man! How you doing, man? I am super groovy. How's it going up there in the, in the AK? Uh,
1: super snowy. Uh, still holding good low temps. It's a uh, winter wonderland.
0: Oh yeah, man! If it's anything like last March, oy, it's it's a snowgasm. But hey, I heard you guys—you guys do some fat bike racing up there in the in the AK. You got this. Uh, you got this Iditarod Trail Invitational race. It's got like a hundred and seventeen mile, three hundred and fifty mile, one thousand mile category in uh, super modified, super stock categories there. So, what was uh what went down in this year's Iditarod Trail Invitational? <laughs> And let me just tell a quick story. As I asked you, so who's your favorite? And you were like, "Fuck if I know. I don't even know who the hell said the thing anymore."
2: Because
0: <laughs> there was a bunch of new people. We we there cre- are. We created cyborgs, and they ride bikes. And the winner is who won? Uh, Aaron Thrasher. Aaron Thrasher. He sounds Aaron more like Thrasher. a skater, wow. dude. But the name out like, of, uh, yeah,
3: he's out of Anchorage.
0: Oh, so at least an Alaskan won it because last year, Kurt Reschneider, some guy from the southwest of America down there, won it. I think he's from Arizona, right. maybe. I could be yeah. wrong. Sorry, Kurt, if I got your state wrong. Send your hate mail to Gomez at fatbike.com. <laughs> <laughs> Hate mail. Hate mail. <laughs> Going to the spam folder. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> So congratulations so yeah, to uh, who, who won? Uh, Aaron Thrasher. Aaron Thrasher. What a great yep. name. Tyson wanted right. won it a few, couple of years ago. And then Aaron
2: Thrasher. Wow,
0: well, I guess you got to yeah. have a cool name to win.
3: Right. It helps. Definitely makes you faster.
0: So, uh, Corey Stelges, he uh, three-peated the uh, ski race that we run down here with fat bikes. Right on. The fat ski berkey on bikes. Is he out of The race run by the people that ban fat bikes from their trails three hundred and sixty four days a year. And then, hey, come on up, ride for a day. So we can collect a bunch of money and give it to the Ski Foundation. That's what you do. You support cross-country skiing by racing the Fat Bike Berkey. Well done, people. Again, send your hate mail to Gomez at fat-bike.com. Love to hear from you, American Biner Ski Foundation. <laughs> Maybe you can change your name to the American Birkenbiter Ski Anti-Fat Bike Association. Take that and put it in your pipe and smoke it. God, I'm feeling a little snarky. It's after my bedtime. but So, uh, you want to hear who, who we have to talk about? Dropper post?
1: Yeah, yeah. What's going on with the dropper session?
0: Well, we have Dan Mutz, who you might be like, oh, wow, doesn't foes racing make a full suspension fat bike called the MUTS. Well yes they do and it's named after him. Right on. Well you're almost speechless there for a minute. And then and then after after Dan we have the Adam Blake. He's the host of the new podcast with Adam Blake. And he's got some good information on droppers. Boom. Like the mother load of fun. And then we have my friend, who I've known for... I'm, I was trying to think about it. It's got to be at least 25, 30 years back there in the 90s somewhere I met. Julio.com. Right on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he's he's, he's in, out in Colorado, right? He's in Colorado. They just got three feet of snow. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm all. <laughs> and then, for the coup de grace, we have Tom Wolf. He's the brand manager of the bike company that you and i both ride their fat bike fatback bicycles of anchorage alaska but right tom, on. but, but uh, it's actually not tom wolf it's tom wolf is an artist from arlington heights that like to use light to paint but it's actually scott wolf i uh, sorry i misspoke there and mistyped
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but he's still the brand manager of fatback bicycles <laughs> <laughs> and he's even got he'd like I, if nothing else, this show is going to should bring to light some boutique dropper post names that you're like, damn, never heard of that one before. Damn, well, I've heard of that one. Whoop, damn, I haven't heard of that one. So uh, I I learned a lot. I evolved. I grew a tail, and then it somebody grabbed me by it, and it fell off, and then I became normal again. Do you, are you buying it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. If you rebound, it's too fast on your dropper, and you, you pop
1: yourself in the, in the pack.
0: If you have a dropper that has a trigger, not, not a remote trigger, but a trigger underneath the seat, it could be like your tail. And then when you grab it, boom, you go down. But that's just uh, folly. That's dropper post folly. What comes up after this message from one up USA is real dropper knowledge dropper post knowledge yeah you, uh, no, right. you, you got your thinking cap on because uh, we're going right into this next thing which is gonna be good it's it's the show it's the dropper post show <laughs> 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 All right we'll be right back. After a word from 1UP USA. 1UP USA racks are simply the best hit rack made. And they're made right here in Wisconsin. Stainless steel hardware and American made craftsmanship to carry your fun machines to the trail or to events. Visit one for more information on the best hit rack made. Welcome to the Danger Gnome. We are talking what is the best winter dropper post and we are happy to have with us Mr. Dan Mutz. He is the namesake of the Foes Racing Mutz full suspension fat bike. Welcome to the program, Dan. How you doing, go man? Glad to be here. Well, it's a beautiful day and today is a rare and beautiful crust day. It's March 5th, and I've been testing the crust in the morning, going out and walking on the snow in my slippers, and uh, yesterday I was like, ah, tomorrow morning, I'm going to give it a shot, and yeah, Beanfield bingo, ride anywhere, basically. Pretty cool. Did, did you get out today? Yeah. So you did
3: get out this morning? Right. Nice. Right. Yep. Nice. It's funny, it's the same here, same out in New Hampshire, I, uh, went, I went riding this morning frozen icy snowy you know that sound under the tires that's so good that crunching perfect perfect day i think it was like 15 this
2: morning nice
0: yeah it was it was 14 when i first looked and it was about 24 when i by the time i got my butt out there but i had a good hour window of you could ride anywhere it was just one of those magic days well, we're not. we're not here to talk about the magic of crust. No. <laughs> we're here to talk about magic elevator seat posts. Yeah. Right. So uh, I've only ever, and, and this is actually a, a listener-generated question. It was, so what's the best winter dropper seat post? And I've only ever ridden the PNW that's on my Corvus right now. So my answer would be, well, that one, because that's the only yeah. one I've ever ridden. So, hasn't, no pun intended. It hasn't let you down, though, right? Uh, like it, uh- <laughs> well, even at, at below zero, I have just ridden it this winter. It uh-huh. does stick a little bit now and then, but just uh-huh. some, you know, when when it does, you just hit that trigger twice, and and it's fine. Or you pop it with your with your hiney and and hit the trigger twice, and it and it works, right? Yeah, um, it's not. Perfect, but pretty darn good. Still yeah. does what it's supposed to do. So, what's uh, yeah. what's your experience? What's your top forty? Um, well, it's it's funny. We're uh, like we were
3: talking a little bit before. I, I I think there's there's a good there must be fifty posts out there now, and like we were we were joking about. I've even been around that many winters, so I haven't had a chance to try them all. But um, mm-hmm. I uh, <laughs> two of my bike, so I, I have three. Two of them are the the somewhat controversial reverb. Because mm-hmm. of its uh, history, um, mine though I've uh, I've modified a little bit, so they're uh, they've been with me for a while. In fact, they're kind of franken reverbs. There's like B one parts, A two parts, and even <laughs> C <C1> one levers, <laughs> yeah. and then I've, I I uh, replaced O rings and oil and with kind of my own my own searchings and whatnot. So uh, those haven't let me down. It's funny too, though, because like you know. Um, the, I think, I think out of the box, the original ones, if you dropped them below 15 degrees, they wouldn't come back up until you warmed them up again. Oh. Um, but, uh, these ones, uh, these ones are holding up. The other one I've had good luck with is the, uh, crank brothers. I do have that on my, uh, on, on one of my bikes, the Highline three, I think it is. Mm-hmm. But I think they're, they're, what, there's a seven now. Um, the, uh, I wanted to, I, w- I wanted a cable actuated post and I ended up, trying out the uh the crank brothers and that worked pretty well the those those three have gotten me through pretty much everything i don't i do switch out like for like the winter ultras i did rods and whatnot the i do switch out to a, a rigid post so i haven't i haven't tried them with like a loaded up uh uh seat bag or anything like that but um you know they've been down well under the minus 20 range and uh and haven't uh haven't failed or anything um I did, I, I, have been looking at, I do want to try next a, uh, you heard bike yoke? No. So they have got a, uh, uh, an interesting looking dropper. First of all, they, they advertise the thing as being, um, you know, somewhat impervious to cold, but, uh, mm. it's, it's a similar internal as a reverb with the, um, inner tube filled with oil and the outer tube of mix of air and oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the reverbs kind of get spongy when they need to be rebuilt. They right. get a little bit of like suspension seat post to them. Right. The uh, these ones do have a, a bleed valve right under the saddle, so you can right out right out right out on the trail you uh, you can uh, bleed any air that does get into the, hmm. the oil chamber, um, which is really interesting to me as somebody who likes to tear these things apart and work on them and things.
0: Um, so I was uh, I'll probably be trying that one next. Not that uh, yeah, not never. that the current ones is. I've never heard anyone say that their reverb hadn't failed them. <laughs> I know, yeah. The, I, you know, the thing, too, is I think
3: pretty much all of them do. <laughs> so it, for me, it came down to which one can I fix? Which, you know, which if, if, if I have a problem Saturday night, which one am I going to make Sunday morning? You know, right. run home, fix it, and, and be ready to go Sunday morning. Um,
0: but you have a pretty you know, good like, uh, understanding of, of working on. on suspension though right you helped oh, develop yeah, the yeah, winter,
3: yeah. the winner uh, uh yeah i do rebuild a lot of <laughs> uh, posts, for example but um yeah as well as yeah the REN i think you're talking about right, yeah i've even winterized like dbo and yeah they're um what's that the topaz uh but um uh, i'm sorry the uh that, that's kind of why I'm so intrigued by that bike yoke, just because having seen the schematics of it and and how it works, it it makes sense
0: to me that it would uh, it would be good. So, what's the difference between, say, that system bike yoke and reverb than, say, a cable actuated like a PNW or the King Creek you're talking about?
2: Um,
3: the some of those have sealed the, the ones you're, you mentioned specifically have 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 sealed. Uh, uh, cartridges, kind of like the nitrogen cartridge that holds the, the, uh, the hatchback of a, of a car Uh open Uh kind of like that, where, or their, um, their, machine sealed, uh, you can always drop in a new one, but it's nothing you're going to, unless you have spares, it's nothing you're going to be able to fix, um,
0: you know, on, on the fly. Gotcha. A lot of rear shocks now, a lot of rear air shocks have nitrogen cartridges, right?
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some, some of the, uh, You know forks out there that you see like the cheaper you know like the rsts and whatnot those are just drop in nitrogen cartridges gotcha yeah whereas you know i do i i I think i've had reverbs for so long that i just kind of i speak their language sort of you know what i mean like i just kind of understand what's going on with it so well that it's uh you know i don't mind modifying it as well as Fixing it if, uh, if and when it
0: fails. Do you think that the newest version of a reverb out of the box would that would that work in winter, or would you have to? They have, it? they have they have they um, have addressed some of the stuff. I mean, they're, they're
3: still they're still actuated with a hydraulic hose, and I think a lot of that a lot of the winter trouble came from that, or does still come from that. I I I use a um uh, what do you call it? a snow plow hydraulic fluid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in mine, but, uh, the, uh, whatever it is, I think it's three weight that, Rock RockShox huh. ships those
2: with. Uh-huh.
3: Um, sometimes that gets a little clogged up at the, uh, at the adjuster, you know, the speed adjuster
2: mm-hmm.
3: and, uh, they don't, uh, they don't actuate the dropper pop it, um, uh, in, in the extreme cold as, as well. Uh, so as long, I think, you know, even the, or the, the C one model, I mean, it's still using hydraulics. So, that's something to be to consider as far as cold weather. I, I, I do think there is some. Uh,
2: do, you,
0: do you think cable actuated <laughs> droppers would be more reliable in cold than those hydraulics? Because it,
3: yeah, I think out of the box, just stock. Yes, yeah, I, I do. They're, they just from just from experience. I think you know from what I've seen of of the stock uh, fluids in mm-hmm. the hydraulic But yeah.
0: It just it, they, some, they, you know oh, it gets cold that, enough; it's going to thicken up. Right, and it leaves it vulnerable outside just sitting in, in a very small amount of volume, you know, over a long course of oh, yeah. of the run. Sure. So it's more sure. subjectable to that. Oh yeah. And the little, I mean that,
3: the, what, the little steel barb that goes into that and into that hose is so tiny. If you, if you, you know, you're trying to get fluid to come back up through there at extreme temperatures. It's, it's a lot to ask. No, that the, you know, the installation and, 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 you know, and repair at home kind of thing. From the from the cable actuated posts, or almost just drop it in and uh, hook it up, and you're ready to go. Right, you yeah, know, there's no bleeding involved in all
0: that. Right, it's really simple. If you can, yeah. if you can adjust a derailleur or a set of brakes, it's very similar to that. It's right. Like, yeah, yeah. I think biggest,
3: most of the time, the biggest effort goes into the internal routing of the things, depending on your
0: frame, unless you have an externally routed one, which is what I'm running an externally routed one, and it, oh yeah, you, it even makes it. Super easy to switch from bike to bike. Oh I gosh, mean, yeah! It's like you clip a couple, <laughs> you clip a couple of uh, zip ties and bolt the uh-huh. thing on. I mean, it's it's pretty oh, yeah. simple. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that. I used to have a uh, we had some uh, demo, uh, like a, a fleet of demo
3: uh, those muscles. Mm-hmm. and um, for that we thought, oh, the perfect thing for this is going to be these um, Bluetooth actuated. Uh, oh, yeah. What was it? The, the Magura? Gosh, I don't remember what it was going to be called now. Shram, a
0: Shram AXS, too. Uh,
3: yeah, Agura. yeah, those are the oh, yeah. new ones. Yeah. yeah,
0: they've. I think those have. Uh, from what I've seen of those, I've only played around
3: with a couple of those. They're, they're much better. But those uh, those Magura ones, there was a weird like delay from yeah. pushing the button to, to <laughs> the post moving. So it kind of screwed people up. But it was that was the best thing about them being able to just pull it out of one bike and slap it at another, no problem. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did get to play with one of those AXS posts, and uh, yeah. and just uh, marveling at a. An $800 seat post <laughs> It was right, like, yeah, wow, this, this is definitely, uh, man, some high zoot stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Viron. that's what it was. The Viron. that was ah. the micro one. And yeah, it, it,
3: it, yes, it's, it had that, it was like a two second delay, which did not sound like much, but it was enough to really
0: screw you oh, up. Even with if you. It was two tenths of a second. I, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, have you ever driven uh, like a early two thousands Audi though? They're, uh, their turbo just had a turbo lag that was horrible, and it was just like a half a second. But when you punch your uh-huh. car, you want it to go. You don't want it to hesitate and then go.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it really threw everything off, the, uh, uh, that, that little delay. Well, yeah.
0: So uh, uh, anything else that you, if if for if you were a fat biker out there, any knowledge to pass along about winter droppers, would you say, get one, damn it? Cause I, I tell oh, you I, I, I talked I, to a I, I lot of, I to a lot of people that were like what do you need that for you 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 jughead oh, <laughs> oh no I can't even like I'll go to an event or
3: something because they have demo bikes and if the bikes don't have droppers on them I just can't even get a, can't even get a feel for
0: the thing I I literally do adjust seat height more than I shift but um yeah. The, uh, yeah, I mean, and once you ride with one, then if you ride a bike without one, you have all of those instincts. You're like, oh, I should drop. Oh, yeah, totally, I should drop here, and you're like, oh, fuck, I don't have a dropper. And then you're exactly. like, oh, here comes the corner, and you're you haven't you haven't slowed right? down <laughs> because exactly. normally you stop slowing down in, in a lot of corners when you have a dropper, which is a really good right? reason to have one. Even if it, yeah. even if it doesn't make you go faster, it makes you seem like you go so much. <laughs> Faster. Oh yeah, and I oh, bet gosh, you it does yeah. make you go faster. Yeah, I, and, and I
3: feel like, I, especially with being an obvious proponent of uh, suspension trail style mm-hmm. winter riding and fat bikes and things, uh, I, I don't think there's anything in the in the winter that would keep you from having a dropper if you're the type of person that wants one in the summer. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, to me, it's the same kind of aggressive trail riding. But
0: um, yeah, so listen out there, uh, like. Bicycle companies like Kona Bicycles, dude, uh-huh. that woo, yeah. that, that bike screams for a hard tail, or that bike screams for a dropper post. <laughs> right, right,
3: yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and there's so many good ones out now that's just, uh, it, it, you know, and the price ranges are, gosh, one, two, three hundred dollars $300. Like you can almost choose your price range, and, 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 and in that range, pick between 10 posts i mean i i I do get to work on a lot of people's bikes for them and things and i see I see p n w come through a lot i see um fox transfer and they're all doing great, and these people are all riding you know in in new hampshire winters so so they're you know they're, they're heard, definitely holding up to some cold
0: I've heard a lot of good things about p n w as a company too so
3: yeah 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 their their posts uh their posts are pretty impressive i even what did I work the last months I built i put a um SDG Telus, it was called mm-hmm. and that was uh just a lot of times when I'm building these i'll I'll put some new like some new drivetrain just because I want to kind of see it and play with it and see how it works and that, so, so that was kind of the idea with that one and uh, I was even impressed with that so there's there's a lot of um
0: good posts out i I just always go back to the ones that i i can I can work on All right, well, I'm going to ask you the ten million dollar question with inflation. What is the best winter dropper post for fat biking? You can only name one. No asterisks, just one. <laughs> well, then I'm going to say for Dan Much, it's the reverb still. Well, uh, wow. But but I do
3: I do have uh, I do have some high hopes for this uh, bike yoke. I just I wish I wish I would have tried it a little sooner, probably yeah. before this call, because I would have had near you know obviously more. Uh, well,
0: bike yoke is going to get a. I, <laughs> a link in the show notes anyway and uh, that that puts us on put it on all of our radars so. yeah yeah i would definitely check
3: that out it, it it's uh, just just from the schematics i've seen and how it works it 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 everything looks like on paper it should be and a Pretty much an ideal winter dropper.
0: And this is Dan Mutz. He can look at the matrix on the screen and see pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. So. <laughs> yes. I did. Yes. It, it, it was a static picture, but in my mind it was all moving around
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> in 3D, and you yes, were it was spinning. It was crazy. <laughs> have you have you tried any of the uh, Have you tried any of these virtual reality goggles? Oculus? No. I have, no, I haven't. I have a friend who just made me think about that virtual yeah. reality, Neo. Yeah, that'd be pretty the cool. Matrix. That's next. I don't even, have to, all right, well, don't even have to get up. <laughs> on the next Danger Gnome, we'll talk about the uh, best winter virtual reality goggle. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> from,
0: the, from the heated living room of your home. You don't have to. <laughs> oh, no. You have to go out and roll in the snow to get the real, real reality. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: right. <laughs>
0: sensory explosion. all yeah, right <laughs> All right, mister. Well, thanks for joining us on the Danger Gnome. Uh, I right don't. Thanks for having me. No problem. We'll talk to you again. All right, man. Take care. Bye. It's the Danger Zone podcast, and I have my compadre Adam Blake on the line. How's it going, my man?
1: Hey, buddy. It's going really good. It's my birthday. No way. Yeah, buddy. Happy birthday, amigo.
0: So, uh, I'm just sorry I can't be there to give you that birthday spanking that you deserve. Me,
1: too. We'll save it.
0: Indeed. So, uh, the subject of today's show is the best winter or cold weather drop or post for your fat bike.
1: Yeah. Uh, Okay. Um, so I I probably have to eat crow, uh, at least three quarter crow on this one at the beginning, just as a blanket statement. Uh, I really dogged droppers, uh, just in general for a long time. You know, Uh, I found pretty much every excuse not to run a dropper. Right. Um, until finally my bear grease came with a routing that was simple and, you know, really designed to be, uh, emphasized with a dropper and it was way better I use it all the time and I really found that in the snow uh, a point where I found that it was valuable was just like getting on and off the bike too especially if my foot you know the bike's sitting higher on six seven inches of snow than my feet and uh, just maneuvering the bike around so I'm really pro dropper on my fat bike but as you said we're talking winter, uh, dropper on the fat bike. And that presents a ton of problems or potential problems because of seals and fluid movement and all that stuff. Um, so the first one I tried, uh, was the original race face turbine post. Mm -hmm. Um, I I guess I had tried a reverb way back in the day, but I think everyone kind of knows that that, hydraulic fluid system it initially wasn't really designed to handle super cold temps. I think that's well known.
0: Right. The Reverb. Um,
1: is, yeah, the uh, Reverb is, from rock Shop
0: Is wrought yeah, with, is or with or the controversy in its early days.
1: Yeah, just good idea, good concepts, maybe some executional things. Um, so I went to a race face turbine mm-hmm. um, which touted some cold weather performance. Um, and I even wrote it when you and I were up at Eagle Lake, uh, in Wisconsin a couple years ago, that mm-hmm. was on my bike. Mm-hmm. And those were some chilly days, uh, single digits for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought it performed great. Um, what I did find, unfortunately was sometimes after long trips or maybe amidst a weekend trip, if the post sat in a cooler place, um, During a ride, it would start to gradually descend on me. Oh, Um, Sometimes I could activate it and kind of warm the stanchion up and it would return. Uh, But ultimately, feels on the air cartridge on that failed. Mm -hmm. uh, And I got away from that post.
0: And was that a cable actuated? Um,
1: uh, It is cable actuated. I think for me, I'm only interested in cable actuated at this point.
0: Gotcha. Because the Um, reverb... And was hydraulic. Was hydraulic, ash weight. And that's yep. that's why it fails when it's cold, right? Because of the weight oil in that in that line. And you think
1: the weight oil and maybe the necessity of other fittings like seals and olives and right. you know, that, uh, controlling fluid is a lot harder than just letting a cable move in and out
0: Yeah. housing. Yeah. Yeah, the olive that um, tiny olive is right. a big blocking point for that fluid to move so
1: yeah and i do believe they've addressed this in subsequent versions of the reverb um my experience running it was four years ago basically
0: yeah it's the earlier models that that had the biggest issues i know that
1: yeah just to clarify that you know i don't think it's i think reverbs have also improved um but ultimately you know where i'm set right now and uh it actually covers a few different posts that I wouldn't have necessarily thought I'd gravitate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like uh, stock dropper posts from trans X uh, posts that come on quality bicycle products, like mm-hmm. um, the SDG Telus, um, and some of those other options. Uh, and really the reason that I moved to those is, I think I was a quarter right in that droppers obviously have more of a propensity to fail than a solid post. But the way that I can personally mitigate that is with the simplicity and the key design of those transacts and Sbg specifically comes to mind uh, because they're so easy to service. You know, gone is a, an hour-long service. I could probably break down an SDG post and rebuild it in 15 minutes.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: And so for me, I had to accept that a moving part can present more failure opportunities. But because I can't argue that having a dropper is super rad, I just choose to mitigate that by being able to do service not only in-house, in my house, but quickly and efficiently.
0: All right, like, and both like of those companies the,
1: have really good manuals for service, too, and sell uh,
0: small parts. Oh, well, that's a good, too.
1: Yeah, because droppers are kind of a big investment, even at a yeah. base level. And so if you can't get replacement parts, uh, I'm not into $200 throwaway items on my bike, you know? Right.
0: Quite right. And that's, that's really, uh, I mean, I had entered into this discussion kind of feeling that way that, a dropper post was a $200 Bic lighter that you bought one and then it broke and then you bought another one. Um, So this is excellent news actually um, that that the TransX and the SGD can be rebuilt much in the same way that we we love DT Swiss hubs because something goes wrong. They're rebuildable. You put new cartridge bearings in there and – you can even change the uh, the end caps on those hubs and uh, adapt to the changing uh, standards for hub width. So
1: yep. uh, It's literally the exact same concept. Do I think a DT350 is the absolute best hub in the world? Probably not. Um, but do I think that it does everything that I want so well, more frequently than most hubs, and if something goes wrong, I can address it not only quickly so I'm not off my bike as long, but efficiently and inexpensively. Right. Those are all yeses. And and that's why I put a 350 hub on probably 80% of the wheels I built.
0: Well, there you go. We not only. It's
1: do- that back and stuff, you know? Uh, things are all great when they're working perfect, but nothing works perfect forever. So, right. You know, how do I mitigate that? How do I get more use out of that? Um, especially like I said, in something like a dropper, where you, if you took the plunge like me, um, you know, and it's 200 to 300 bucks and it fails, you may just bail on that. And, um, well, I don't still think that a dropper is a necessity by any means. Uh, I can personally say that it's opened up some convenience options for me and some just sending it options, you know. So you know, it, I'm I'm it, probably a dropper convert.
0: Yeah, I I definitely am. I I wrote a Heller, uh, yeah, with a dropper Shagamaw, <laughs> and and it changed my idea on both progressive geometry and droppers. It was like, oh, I get this now. Yeah, this this is the go fast and have fun uh program and and i really think that that's that's what a dropper does is it allows you to have more fun with your bike to put you in that lower center of gravity position where you can rock and roll a little bit it's pretty cool i like it
1: yeah and you know uh just for me so many of my arguments are disappearing you know bag storage um, J Packs Revelate all these companies make bags that are dropper compatible. Yeah, um, it's just like the industry was just waiting for me to come up with excuses and then wiping them off, you know. And so finally, I went on, and now I probably have it on four bikes. I probably have a dropper post.
0: I just have one, but I can see I can more in my, my future if I could. <laughs> I can see maybe a TransX or an S- SDG. Now, are any of those uh, externally routed?
1: Um. Yeah, uh, I run some external, but most of my frames currently are designed to handle droppers. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess my external is, mine is. is fine. My cutthroat um, is, you know, but my fat pack is not.
1: Yeah, even in the winter, um, you know, there's some of the saddles that are just based on a lever pull, you know, they don't even come up to a remote. I think for certain aspects of riders, like if you're using a dropper to allow you to get on and off the bike yeah. in snow more confidently. Yeah. Something as simple as a under saddle, uh, lever could be all you need and that could save you a lot of money. Yeah. And it's a little more predictable than just a quick release collar and actually varying your seat height.
0: Right. Well, so much good information, but I'm going to ask you one Final question, which is, which is the best winter dropper post? That was too, way too dramatic. <laughs> way too much many pauses.
1: Uh, the best winter dropper post. Yeah. You want a cop out answer or like a actual answer?
0: <laughs> well, well, maybe both.
1: Okay. Cop out answer. The best dropper post is the one that you feel confident having on your bike every day, and that it's going to work for you every day.
0: All right.
1: And if it fails, it's not two weeks, three weeks that you have to be off your fat bike because we know conditions can be that day or nothing at all. Right. Uh, if I had to just say, well, how about this? I will. Or I'm ordering an SGD. An SDG TELUS for my Bear Grease when they are available again. Nice. Well, there you go. Based on performance on other bikes.
0: Well, there you have it. Adam says the SDG TELUS. TELUS. I was having it rhyme with Elvis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Or maybe the, just the SGD Elvis. We'll just call it the SG Elvis.
1: Come on. That sounds great. Yeah. I think I'm sure... It's all good, whatever we want, but I'll put that through the paces. You know, I won't really know the feedback till next year on that post because right. it's yeah. creeping out. But that's going to be the post I run on my fat bike through summer and fall and into winter.
0: Well, I've been riding a, a PNW this winter, and so far, so good. I mean,
1: I've had great luck installing PNW products. I've just never personally owned one.
0: Yeah. Well, I've been like using it. The-
1: I on fat bikes too. Uh, I've had really good uh, luck with them. I should have mentioned them earlier.
0: Well, all right. Anything else? Oh, what's uh, what's coming up on your? We just we just uh, published the Jill Martindale interview that you did. That was really good. Oh yeah, Jill's great. And uh, what's coming up on the new podcast for April?
1: Ah, uh, April. I have, I think, maybe my last or second to last in the Women Who Rock series. And uh, we've got the two-time, only two-time Queen of Kansas uh, in 15 and 16, uh, Amanda Naman, who rides for Niner and Shimano. And she just set the fastest known time on the Los Padres Traverse route. So we kind of dig into that. Uh, dig into she's also an elite cyclocross racer and it's also baff- always baffled me how you go from racing for an hour <sighs> as hard as you can to racing for 12 hours constant you know and, right. and so we dig into that because that really I think that's an interesting
0: dynamic yeah no kidding that's uh, that's crazy different so uh, wow that gravel racing that's Pretty, uh, pretty good timing there for, for spring.
1: Yeah. I kind of getting into, uh, we're going to do some stuff. I think I'm going to even talk to some food people, uh, things like that. Maybe to fuel the body as we're getting into, I'm planting my own garden and thinking about stuff like that. So we're going to keep kind of, you know, oh, yeah. changing angles and seeing what we can come up with.
2: Yeah.
0: Cool. All well, right. On. Well, thanks for being on the, uh, danger known podcast. You're quite re- regular. We like cross-pollinate our shows now. That sounds great to me. <laughs> All
2: uh, right, my man. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, let's ride bikes someday soon. I hope or so. Or something.
1: We <laughs> just get lost in the woods.
0: Yeah. Go ride some crust. Mean, I was totally lost today. Riding across country and riding this, the crow flies. And, yeah, I was I was confused at one point, but I was like, ah. That's that's that road, not the other <laughs> road I thought it was. <laughs> I find of a good ride. Yeah, indeed. All right, my man. Have a good one. You too. Thank you. Hey, if you're thinking of studding a set of tires, visit Bikestud.com and check out their new hex head concave studs and their new ergonomic T-handle stud tool. Bikestud.com also sells tires. Jump on the net. And visit Bikestud.com. Hey, it's the Danger Gnome podcast dropper post show, and I have our senior product analyst, Julio.com, on the telephone. How's it going, eh?
4: It's going good, and we're waiting on a, a possible major snowstorm moving into the front range. So. I know.
0: One foot of snow, possible power outages, and world Chaos.
4: No, a couple of days ago, they were saying possibly up to 60 inches um, that this was going to be historic, crippling, Um you know, there's a bunch of weather jargon that I followed due to my other life outside of riding bikes. Yikes. Uh, but now it's been reduced to somewhere between one and three feet um, over a couple of days, depending on where you're at. Oh. And, and where at,
0: it tends to be the epicenter of maybe getting three feet. So we'll see. No oh, shit. Huh. Yeah. So... Wow. I figured the three feet would be, you know, like Loveland Pass or something.
4: No, it's actually falling. It's the inverse of what normally happens. The, the interior mountains are going to get less than a foot, and the front range is going to get slammed uh, because of how the moisture is coming in, and east-west breeze pushing
0: up against the mountains that causes upward abduction. The it old nor'easter kind of kind of movement for you, hey? Yeah, something like that. The screwball yeah, well, instead of the curveball. Yeah, the Gulf of Mexico and the Baja, the Gulf of California are conspiring against us. So um, or plotting a huge snowball fight and or snow it, fort.
4: We could use it. We're in an extreme drought, so um, you know yes. you're in an extreme drought and
0: get wildfires during the, the yeah, winter. So yeah, no doubt doesn't bode well for a summer when you have wildfires in
2: Barea, <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, Chihuahua. Well, drop post. Dropper posts. Yeah. So what's your two cents on the old dropper post, deal, Bob?
4: Um, well, before I moved to Colorado, the only time I ever used dropper posts is if I rented a bike out west mm-hmm. um, and definitely saw the draw of it. Um, when things get technical or steep, it's nice to get that seat out of the way instead of trying to get your ass back over the wheel. Um, and once I moved out here, um, I quickly added a dropper post to my full suspension bike, um, but never really thought about it on the fat bike side until, oh, maybe last year, mm-hmm. um, I tested a bike for Reeb, um, their Donka donk mm-hmm. and it had a dropper post and we got a powder dump of, I don't know, eight, 10 inches. Um, and I found that it was, you know, that's when it gets deep, um, and, and fat biking becomes a bit more difficult and you're dealing with getting on and off the bike or trying to meander or steer through deep powder um, and also going up to the, the inner mountain and riding up there with that bike. Um, I found the dropper post was uh, not the ray, of, ray of, of light that it was on, on a normal mountain bike, but I mm-hmm. found that it actually serves its purpose. It's nice to get that seat out of the way. Uh, when the snow gets deep or things get technical in the snow and you kind of get squarely going down uh, ribbony flowy single track. Um, and so it wasn't long after that, that I added a dropper post to my personal fat bike. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I use it, you know, not as much as I do on a traditional mountain bike, but I do use it quite a bit on the fat bike. Um, I love the fat bike during all year round. And, and so, um, trails that I would venture out onto my fat bike, um, in the dry weather. Um, I find I use it more and more just like I would on my normal mountain bike. Um, and things get technical down goes, down goes the seat. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've, I've come around to it. I used to think, eh, and, and now I'm definitely a, a convert to the, the way of thinking
0: and your your personal vet bike is yeah, a steel frame with 272 so the new wave of 272 droppers kind of came into play there That's a relatively yeah, my, uh, new product blend yeah i mean the the,
4: the choices aren't as much um, you know as um, as the wider the wider post offerings are mm-hmm. um, obviously it's an older frame so there is no internal routing um, I don't have internal routing on my full suspension bike
0: either because of its age, and I'm not going to drill holes through. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter. I mean, to me, anyway, no, I, it makes it, it almost yeah. easier to deal with,
2: right?
4: Yeah, I mean, I wish my I, I wish I had internal routing for the dropper post. It, it's cleaner looking. Um, and there's not this cable dangling next to the frame. Um, I have I have never caught it on anything on either bike.
0: You ever going to put uh, one on your RetroTech? I have contemplated that. <laughs> that I think he's uh, the true test of like if you. I, I've talked yeah, to I, I, the other people about, you know, once you ride with that dropper, you start to build dropper instincts and yep. those commands don't stop happening. It's like, oh, I should drop here. Oh, crap. I don't,
2: I don't
4: have a I dropper. Don't have this. Your thumb's going. It's very similar to what happens when you go from a. Or a, a two or three by system to a one by system. Right, you lose that left hand. That left hand needs something to do that thumb is like squirreling around in, in thin air. <laughs>
2: yeah,
4: um, and so yeah. I, I find myself I find myself doing that that still just like on my my drop bar single speed gravel bike. Um, I find myself going to to shift at the levers and oh that's right I don't have any gears on this bike. Yeah, um, yeah. I gotta I got a man up and, and stand up. Um, <laughs> Or walk yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I see, I see guys around here on the on the more mellow trail, you know, the gravel, you know, monster cross, riding your gravel bike on single tracks. Big around here, or for some, and I even see the dropper post on those gravel bikes.
0: Uh, I, uh, I think about putting one on my cutthroat, because, but at the same time, dropper post and hydraulic brakes would make that thing a single track rager. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought of my, my, my
4: drop bar gravel bike is, is, is set up for light off road duty. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm running 2.1 tires on it and I, I take it out to the, the trails out my back door because you know, they're fe- fairly mellow. They're green here, but they're blue by Midwestern standards. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a blast. I mean, it's like riding, it's, it's similar to like riding at night. It makes it a whole new trail. Um,
0: Cool. So, you so, want to mention any brands that you've been using, and there give a gauge as far as what kind of cold weather performance they might.
4: Uh, yeah, on the on my full suspension bike, which gets ridden even when it's cold, if we don't have snow, um, I have a Fox transfer on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's performed good. Um, when it gets really cold, yeah, the action's a little bit slower, but it's not bad. I mean, if I'm raising it, if I'm raising it back up. Um, it comes up a little bit slower when I'm going down. Mm-hmm. My ass is fat enough. When I push that thing down, I, I don't think the cold's really affecting it.
0: Um, and, and is and that have, is that a
2: hydro-actuated
0: uh, or cable-actuated dropper? Cable. Cable, Yeah, gotcha. it's
4: an external. I don't even know if Fox makes an external dropper post anymore. Um, but it goes to a little collar um, at the base, and it, mm-hmm. it, allows, it allows it to drop.
0: It seems um, to be the preferred method for cold weather is cable dropping.
4: Yeah. I could see that the hydraulics just like with brakes you know, I run XT brakes on my fat bike. And during the winter time when it's cold, um, they get a little bit, you know, locked now they don't lock up, but mm-hmm. it actually becomes very, very firm. Right. Um, but it's never been too big of an issue. Right. Um, and then on the other, on the fat bike, um, because of the size, I run a Thompson,
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And that has a lever that you grab, uh, which I'm not the biggest fan of, um, but it is what it
0: is. So that's a lever down by the seat, right? Yeah, right on. Okay. Well, that's that's a middle step that uh, that Adam Blake brought up. Is like, well, you can save yourself some money by doing that, and you know, it's it's still way better than the traditional. QRs or seat QR right um, mm-hmm. where you'd have to stop drop and then proceed. Yeah I mean it's an older post that's
4: about it. I bought it used um, it, it probably needs some maintenance. Yeah uh, I, I thought about looking into some of the other brands that offer 27 twos uh, cable you know, mm-hmm. just putting a lever on um, I, I, on the transfer the Fox I run a, a wolf tooth Um clever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too, on mine, yeah. On,
2: yeah just my, switching, on my
4: PNW. Yeah, just switching over that. The Thompson's got some play in it, um, partly because it, it's used a little yeah. bit more play, They all have play in them, um, but a little bit more play than I like. But
0: A little play and a little suspension, which I like.
4: Yeah, it serves its purpose. Um, the, the, the Thompson's got a little bit um, of suspension play, not, not really noticeable, mm-hmm. um, enough to annoy an OCD bike geek, the Fox fox has none. Yeah. Interesting.
0: And how cold have you had, since it's on your fat bike, how cold have you had that Thompson down to?
1: Um,
0: Single digits. Yeah. I I have taken my PNW down below zero, just in the single digits below zero. Um, And it gets a little sluggish and sometimes... You know, it might take a couple of pops on the on that wolf tooth yeah. trigger to to get it to actuate, but it's never failed on me, and it's fine. It works great. So. No, like I said, it got kind of it gets kind of slow when it gets cold, but yeah, I'm kind of slow when it gets cold. Actually, <laughs> I'm kind of slow all the time, but it's good to um, kind of move slow when it gets really cold like that. Yeah, and you're not getting as
4: rowdy um, as you would on uh, you know the full suspension bike when. It's, nice hour even when it's cold outside
0: it's hard to get rowdy you are like i have so many clothes on when it's below zero that <laughs> i might be getting rowdy inside of my clothes and you'll never even see any movement it's just yeah, like, no,
2: you
4: know. <laughs> it becomes a little bit more restrictive um you're wearing big you're wearing you know boots gloves right uh, so Do, that's, that's maybe the only complaint about the thompson when it's cold is with with gloved hands trying to get in and grab that thing.
0: Yeah. Oh nah. uh, yeah. Out of the pogies. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
4: You'd be able to pull out and grab it. No problem.
0: Um, I still like having that remote though. Um,
4: uh, but yeah, no, when I ride the fat bike, my, my thumb's looking for that, that lever.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they make remotes for drop bars now too, for the gravel. Yeah. I,
4: that. yeah I mean, it becomes intuitive. I mean, you you don't even think about it anymore especially with trails that you ride all the time, you know where the sections are coming, um, you know where the turns are that you want to drop it, and you don't even think about it anymore.
0: Um, I think that if there's one thing that this show is going to illustrate, it's that there are 10 billion brands <laughs> of dropper posts yeah. because I mean we've uh, at least there's I think we've mentioned at least a dozen on on what we've recorded so far. Crazy. Yeah, no.
4: Everybody seems to be making one. I mean, there's a few standout ones that seem to have, from when I was doing research, less less maintenance, long term problems
2: mm-hmm.
4: are almost viewed as ah, it's so cheap that when it it breaks, just replace it.
0: Uh, Adam mentioned a couple of brands that are like that, rebuildable and kind of bulletproof and mm-hmm. not that expensive. You know, in that just below two hundred buck range. So yeah, my my box was. You know, on, on the the
4: spendier side of it, I mean, it's not wireless, um, but I, I, you know, shopped around, got it on sale, um, and been super super pleased with it. So, but yeah, I mean, there are people like, oh, I can't imagine riding without a dropper anymore. You see those comments all the time. Yeah,
2: no, I'm yeah. not quite there. Yeah, but I'm not I quite def- there either.
4: I definitely see the the usefulness of it. It's not a make-it-or-break-it deal for me. Um, you know, if I was shopping for a new bike and it, it didn't have one, which it likely would, but if it didn't, um, I wouldn't pass up that bike if I really liked it.
2: Right, um, right.
0: Yeah. But, but, I'd, I'd but, upgrade, but if I'd two equal bikes and one comes with a dropper, I think oh, that, yeah. that would be an influence to say, oh, well, I'll save that $200 and I'll get that bike. Um, yeah. So yeah, I see that part- in the fat bike market right now where at a certain price, probably you know, like that enthusiast mm-hmm. price point, it's like, well, some offer a dropper, some don't.
4: Yeah, we're on mountain bikes. You get above a certain price point, which is now fairly low, and it's expected to have a dropper.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And then there are, you know, I tried to get some folks on the show that would just tell me, yeah, no, there is no winter dropper because droppers are stupid. And I know... <laughs> That there's a certain faction of our listeners out there that are like, "What are you guys talking about? Dropper posts for? I don't need that." I used to feel the same way, right? And that's it's uh, it's the old feel felt founds. So I used to feel that way. What I found was that I felt like I was going a lot faster when I had a dropper, even if I'm not. I was having more fun because I felt like I was going faster.
4: So yeah, you can get that thing out of the way and let it rip and. And honestly, on my full suspension bike and, you know, the the trails I typically take that bike to, um, I won't say it's a necessity, but once, once you've ridden those type, you know, rocky, rocky technical trails, fast trails with, with a dropper, um, you definitely see the the benefit of it. And in the snow, it's kind of the same way. Um, yeah, if you're just riding flat groom trail, um, like a, like a silver lake, right. Uh, there's no reason for it. Right, um, right. If you ride, you know, like some of the stuff in Marquette or Copper Harbor for, you know, you Midwesterners. Um, yeah. I could completely see, completely see the benefit
0: of it. Well, all right. That's Julio.com. We got anything uh, coming up that we can look forward to from you from out there in the uh, front range.
1: Uh,
0: like words. Um, yeah, I was thinking maybe. Well, words, adventures. Are we ever going to ride clunkers over the, uh, or not even clunkers, ride bikes <laughs> over Pearl Pass, uh, <laughs> or okay. ride the Monarch Crest Trail?
4: I'll ride the Monarch. You come out, I'll ride the Monarch Crest. I've, I've ridden it. I'll do it again in a heartbeat. That, that was a blast. All right. Uh, it makes for a long day, but it's it, it's a it's a bucket list type ride. Or yeah. there's Kenosha us out here. That's only about an hour and a half from my house. Cool. Um, that's big, big, big views, high alpine. Um, I almost went to that, as you know, to the the, uh, the Chubby Chaser mm-hmm. in Laramie, or near Laramie, right. last week. Right. The forecast was super warm, so I'm like, hey, it's going to be a mashed potato fest. And it was like 55 degrees that day. Um, so it was like 65 here, so I'm sure it turned into, after a lap, turned into mush.
2: We
0: had last weekend about four days of crust riding where in the mornings we had temps in the teens and 40s in the afternoon, 50s in the afternoon eventually. And then yesterday we had 60s. So it's, but it could refreeze again and we could have a second set of crust. But all those crust rides where you can ride anywhere, there's snow and you're just on top of it at four psi, just toodling along, just exploring every deer blind within the next the mm-hmm. 10 square miles, you know, like, kind of cool.
4: I thought we were going to hit that here last week. Um, cause we had a decent, a decent amount of, you know, we had like a 12-inch, 15-inch event. It's very powdery, um, but then we had warm temps later that day and the next day, and then in the morning there was crust, and I thought for sure I was going to get a good crust right in, but the crust does not Operate so well for riding over powder,
2: yeah. Know, so it just
4: breaks and you fall through, and then you're trying to pedal through the crust.
0: <laughs> so. You just gotta let it melt back to a certain level. It's like I would, I would go out into my yard in my robe, in my slippers, and be like, you know, if I can stand on one foot and bounce up and down a little bit, then we have oh. crust we can ride on, right? Because that's about yeah what your what your tire footprint is is one of your feet. So yeah. if it'll hold up all of my weight, boom. And it works like a charm this year is like, Oh, all right, tomorrow's the day and I went out and I had I had three or four days in a row where it was just awesome. Yeah, so tires was- just in case you hit those plate ice areas.
4: Yeah, down here we just don't get it. I, I knew when I left that day when I walked out my back through my backyard with the bike and threw the bike over the fence in my back the foot rail fence in my backyard to get access to the trails. I was, like, breaking through, just walking back there. I'm like, i oh, it's
0: screwed. Could happen, though. But, but of, course I, <laughs> of course, I still rode. Um, <laughs> nice.
4: Yeah, sometimes yeah.
0: you got to go, and it's the... Oh, I've been riding melted, melted, snow-packed, ice-packed, shady, snow, sunny, clear riding gravel for this gravel event that we're mm-hmm. uh, hosting on Saturday. And it's just been some uh less than less than super enjoyable riding, but oh, an hour of that, and you're like,
2: pooh
4: yeah I went on beside that crust I went on a gravel ride the other day some rural roads just south of here, mm-hmm. anyway, it was a mixed bag of slush, death ice, dry gravel, um when you got done, I was just spent.
0: Yeah, March here in Wisconsin, uh, uh, we it's like we get painted into the corner of We Can Ride Roads. And it's, you know, it's just until the frost comes out of the ground, the topsoil is just too as pudding-like for yeah. anything fun. So, yeah, roadie. Don't be such yeah, a roadie, that. Gomez.
4: Here it's kind of mixed. There's some trails that just take forever to dry out and some that dry out really quickly. Yeah, uh, But we, with that snow we got last weekend, uh, this week was kind of, the trails I normally ride were just two-way, I and mean, I had to look up my road, and there's this uh, utility gravel service road, not even called gravel, yeah. behind my house, and if, if that looks wet, the local trails that I normally ride are going to be putting. Um, of course, the road holes get out there anyway, um, but yeah, it's... It all comes down to where where the where the moisture is and where you want to drive to and what's what's dry and of course the entire front range is on those couple of trails that are dry.
0: Yeah. Well, here's to your three feet of snow coming this weekend.
4: I like snow. Of course, that'll mean waiting for it to ride waiting a bit to ride it. Yeah. Um, that small window between when it's rideable and when it melts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially this time of year. But yep. uh thanks for being on our dropper post episode of the Danger Gnome podcast. We'll talk yeah. to you again soon. Unless did okay. you gotta seriously find thinkable way? Maybe I need to put maybe I need to start uh putting e bike hubs on my on my clunker, and then you'll believe that we could ride Pearl Pass on clunkers. E bike <laughs> hubs. Other, <laughs> or or so. or get a mule. We can just ride mules. Up mule, we'll ride
4: mules. We'll hit al- alpacas or something. <laughs>
2: yeah. All right, no, dude. I'll
4: do it. Okay,
0: man. Take care. We'll see you. Okay. Bye. Well, we're back with the Danger Gnome Dropper Post Show. And I have with me Scott Wolf, and he's the brand manager for Fat Back Bicycles out of Anchorage, Alaska. Scott is in Bend, Oregon, and uh, welcome to the show, Scott. Hey, good morning, Gomez. How you doing? Oh, fantastic! You know it's spring almost, or something. <laughs> <laughs> almost. So when uh, when I thought dropper post in winter, I immediately thought of. Fatback bikes, and uh, between your Alaskan and Cascade experience, I knew you guys had to be running them, so why don't you give us your two cents on, uh, on fat bikes running dropper posts.
5: Well, I appreciate you asking that. Uh, we have three bikes within our lineup. We have the Corvus, we have the Rhino FLT, and we have the Skookum lineup. And 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 the Skookum is a bike that is designed around longer travel suspension, uh, four season riding. A lot of a lot of Skookum customers like to ride their their fat bikes year round, which I, I know it seems normal to you and I, but 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 for a lot of folks, you know, they're choosing to use this bike as as the only bike that they have in their quiver and. Yeah i would I would say that one hundred percent of the bikes that that go out the door uh, on the Skookum have a dropper post. We actually spec that bike with a dropper post straight across the board because we don't feel like that's something that people either need to choose to upgrade. Um, we're also starting to see that probably sixty to seventy percent of the dealers that pre-booked our rhinos this year also chose to add dropper posts to it. So, Compared to a couple years ago when it either had an alloy rigid post or a carbon rigid post, droppers are becoming much more of a norm uh, across any bike that's being used off-road. And, and I think that some customers are seeing the benefits of having it, not just for ride conditions, but even if you're, if you're riding in, you know, as the tires have gotten wider and people are starting to venture out in softer conditions, you know, stopping and starting, pushing a bike, being able to get back on and get going, I think a dropper post can also help out uh, by being able to drop that saddle, get on top of the pedals, bring it back to your ride position. So I, I think some folks are starting to see it um, just from a, a comfort uh, benefit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Corvus lineup, we, we do a, a bit. I mean, all of our bikes are, are are routed for for internally for dropper posts, but the Corvus, we definitely don't see it as much because I think folks are looking to hit a certain weight point with that bike. Uh, it's usually designed for, like, the yeah, I did a rod race that was that, – you know, just finished up, uh, you know, Arrowhead 135. I think for that type of groomed, faster riding, uh, weight is a little bit more of a consideration and droppers don't have as much play in that category, but we, we still have customers that, that will use them on those bikes as well. So there, there, uh, we do more dropper posts than we do rigid posts on, on all the bikes that we sold this past year. And and that's, that's an increase. That's an increase by probably 30 or 40% over, over previous years. So, so they're becoming they're becoming standard equipment
0: for us. Yeah, I, I'm one of those Corvus riders that has one on their bike right now for because yeah. I'm I'm uh, you know always curious about new stuff and you know I'm testing a PNW out with a Wolf Tooth release, but yeah. what what dropper do you spec on your uh, Skookum builds?
5: Uh, we use the uh, so I'm glad you said PNW. we really like those guys. the PNW components uh, they have a dropper called the loam, which is a uh, it's new came out this year. Uh, we previously spec the Rainier on the Skookum. Uh, we do use the loam lever uh, that comes with it. We love the wolftooth lever as well, but uh, you know people are, I think a lot of customers appreciate the fact that there's a bit of uh, customization on on the on the coloring and and even the the rubberized thumb pad on the on the loom lever. So mm-hmm. we were able to color match with uh, the two colors of the Skookum that we had available this past year. Uh, we really like it. It's available um, starts at 125 millimeters of dropper work which works really well on our carbon 16 mm-hmm. that has a curved seat tube. Uh, and then we can also go to 150 and 170 increments, which we really like. Um, we've also used, uh, we've also used the one-up, uh, the one-up design. Uh, we've used theirs as well, uh, mostly due to just availability. Uh, once we ran out of, uh, the shorter, uh, PNW rainiers or loams, uh, we were able to use the one-up. We like that one as well, uh, especially with really tiny riders, because you can adjust that collar down from 120 to hundred millimeters. It's one of the few that has an adjustable collar, so you can reduce the travel, uh, in order to get a little bit lower standover uh, for that customer that has that's a handy. really, really short inseam.
0: So. Yeah, that's handy. Now, yeah. here's a question that, that came up the other day is, if you have a really tiny rider, can you adjust the amount of force it takes to drop that post? If you have a 100-pound rider, and most of these posts are probably set up for up to 300-pound riders. Um uh, yeah. Are, are there any posts that that can you can reduce the amount of uh input that it takes to drop that thing
5: you know there's that's probably a better question for the manufacturers Got of you. the posts i know that there's uh, <laughs> i know that there's certainly no i mean it it's a, it is it is a good question usually it's related to the to the technology that's used in the damping system right. um yeah. you know for droppers that have an air system you know you can probably reduce the amount of air what I have found on previous brands that I've run outside of fatback, if you start messing with the temperature or you start messing with the air Mm -hmm. in the chamber, then when you're actually in a fixed ride position, you can start to feel that that saddle start to creep down on you a little bit. So, um, you know, usually, uh, we don't mess too much with, with the force as far as we're concerned. We have talked with uh, some of our OEM partners on, you know, that very concern, mostly due to temperature and weather uh, and less due to rider weight because we haven't received a lot of feedback from customers that have said they've had difficulty dropping the post
0: uh, due to due to weight, I or, told, even the, I told or even getting, I told this person the to that they needed to just ride with rolls of quarters in their jersey pocket. Just yeah, I mean, doesn't a,
5: everybody, I mean, doesn't everybody ride with rocks in their pockets? Is that kind a, of the thing? add
0: a little ballast if you're having a hard time pushing that dropper down? <laughs> Have <laughs> yeah, a sandwich a cup- or something. Yeah, Come on. up
5: a couple of beer cans and put them in your <laughs> put them in your pocket. Got to be something you can
0: do on that. Well, Gotta and that's interesting that you you know that that brings up a very very real subject, which is the whole availability issue on yeah. on any of these brands. You know, in these times, you have to sometimes be able to uh, purchase what you can actually get. So it's nice yeah. to know that your backup is uh, one of components out of uh, they're out of British Columbia, right? Yep. Yep. And,
5: uh, and, we've, and, 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 and we've been, yeah, we were lucky. Uh, you know, we, we worked with, uh, uh, you know, th- I guess this is a little bit of a shout out to TJ at, uh, at PNW Components. I mean, mm-hmm. we forecasted with those guys and, and, and they, they had the same concerns about supply chain that I think most people in the bike industry had this past year. And, and you know, they kept us up to date with not only their, uh, what, what was going on with their existing stock. They were aware of what our OEM needs were. Um, but also, you know, making some suggestions on, on things that we could substitute in. I mean, they knew they had their own embargo on the loan post that was coming out and they felt like, Hey, this is going to be very similar. It's at a slightly higher price point. So it's going to add value, mm-hmm. but performance wise, it's going to check all of the boxes and more with what you're looking for, for your customers. So we had dropper posts, um, uh, for all of our dealers and all of our customers this year, which we were really happy with. We hope that that continues going into fall of 2021. We've certainly done our due diligence on that to, yeah. to set that up. But yeah, I mean, we, with, with the, it was the, the only thing we really had the issue with was actually the shorter travel posts. And uh, when when we we had a small window where we could not get stuff, we actually had not only one up, but we had another brand in place to be able to, to go to if for some reason... Uh, we got we got short on supply, but uh, we had a few one ups uh, come in house. But for the most part, we were PNW across the board.
0: Cool. I've heard nothing but good things about that company. So about the folks that yep. that own it and run it, and it's, you know, I've just heard glowing reviews. So got it. yeah,
5: good. Well, add, you can add us to the glowing reviews on that. And I think uh, I think most of the customers that uh, that bought bikes from from many of our of our stocking dealers across the United States this past winter, um, they that had the PNW droppers on there. Every all the feedback that we've gotten from customers is they like the the aesthetics of it. They like the performance. Uh, they like the the nice finishes on the on the, the dropper lever. Uh, it's a really nice combination, and, and we were happy to be able to feature them on our bikes uh, this cool. past winter.
0: I know uh, Clinton Hodges was running one up in Anchorage. How uh, how cold have you have you run either one of those posts and uh, had success?
1: Well, I would say that our
5: Alaska team probably has had a bit more exposure uh, to those posts uh, than, than I have down here in Bend, Oregon. I mm-hmm. personally have had a zero-degree day uh, with a Rainier, with a PNW Rainier, mm-hmm. and had no interruption in performance from how it is when I'm riding my Skookum in the summer when it's 90 degrees and you know there's three inches of duff on the ground. So I didn't notice any difference in the performance. Uh, I, I, know from one customer that, that I did speak with who had a loam, uh, and, and she was riding in minus 22 degree temps this year if she did comment on, uh, on a slow return, mm-hmm. uh, with that, but it's 22 degrees outside, right. outside, or minus 22 degrees outside. I think everything on the bike had a slow return <laughs> on that point, including probably the rider. Right. Um, right. but, but it did restore She says it was just a little slow return. Uh, she feels like, uh, the way that the the mechanism of the cable pulling on the bottom of the bike, she feel, or on the bottom of the post, she feels like that probably, uh, could have been contributing as to why it wasn't getting that full range of travel, Mm -hmm. uh, just due to the cold conditions. Um, but she did say, you know, it would, instead of being, you know, a second to restore to full, you know, to full height, to her ride height, uh. It, it took three seconds. Yeah. And, you know, once she adjusted to that, but she did say, you know, there was no sagging. There was uh, you know, it, it went all the way back up every single time uh, she was able to maintain her saddle height when, when she was pedaling the bike. And um, yeah, it, it seemed like it worked really well for her. And, and I know, uh, you know, Greg and, and, and the folks uh, up at our, our, our shop in Alaska, you know, they ride, they ride their bikes year round up there. And, and certainly uh, between myself and and the owner of the brand, uh, if if there was an issue with the component, we would have uh, we would have either addressed it with the supplier because um, we don't want our customers having bad experiences with the parts that we pick, uh, or we certainly would have, um, you know, we would have found an alternative if uh, the P and W stuff was not meeting our needs uh, in those cold weather conditions.
0: Cool. Well, have you yeah. have you played around with any of the uh, in the, like the AXS, the the wireless droppers. Uh, yes, we have. Um,
5: it's a bit. Uh, my personal experience with them has uh, been a uh, pretty inconsistent performance. Yeah, it it's one of the coolest things I've ever worked with. I mean, it's, it's the, the the cool the cool factor is there, but uh, my my personal experience with them has been uh, has has not been great. Uh, I, I did, you know, and, and in defense of SRAM, and, and we love SRAM, we love, you know, we, we spec their parts on, on our bikes uh, on the OEM side, we love the Eagle drivetrain, but uh, I did have a first generation Axis Reverb uh, dropper post that I ran on a Skookum, and I ran it for about a month, and I think it's probably sitting in my shop somewhere with a dead battery doing absolutely nothing right now, so <laughs> it, it didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't as consistent as I would like for it to be, yeah. considering how good the cable actuated dropper post that we have available to us do work. I, I just, I didn't see, I didn't see such a measurable gain other than I just didn't have a cable on my bike. But right. yeah. I mean, with internal routing, you know, and, and having the the receiver underneath the, the seat, the way that it was, I mean, I like to run a seat pack on my bike. So right. yeah. to me, it just wasn't, it just wasn't a good fit. So, you know, I mean, kudos to those brands that do choose to run that. It's a, it's a nice looking post. It's super cool, but, I'll, I'll take performance over over bling
0: any day. It's a little hoopty, you know. For uh, and it's out of my it's it's out of my tax bracket.
5: <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think it's out of yeah. I, I'm hoping I'm hoping that uh, you know down the road. If I mean, because it's it's pretty clear that the Shram family is. I mean, access is here, and it's yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. it's
5: across it's across the full range of their. I mean, we're starting to see it trickle down to you know some of their road bike groups. We're start. I mean, we're seeing this moving. Uh, you know, into, into all different levels. So they've certainly invested in this. I, I would love to see a 350 to $400 MSRP, you know, sure. wireless yeah. dropper post at some point. I don't know that we ever will, but you know, if they can do something where the, where the performance is as good as their, you know, $900 one, maybe it's just a little bit heavier Then maybe there'll be some play. But, but honestly, I think between some of the OEM house brand droppers and then, you know, small companies like OneUp and TNW and and some of the other things that are available out there in that category, it's uh, it's going to be tough to uh, for a consumer if they don't get it stock on their bike. It's going to be tough for a consumer to go out and, and spend extra money in order to get an electronic dropper that yeah. has inconsistency in the performance. But if
0: you're dropping the coin for electronic shifting, I mean, it is just one more kickbox on the, uh, on the road to your $10,000. Oh
5: bike.
0: yeah. I mean, I mean,
5: I'll, I mean just is a fan of, uh, of fat bikes. I mean, when I, I have seen a, a 12 and a, and a $13,000 fat bike before and you know, it was, and it was electronic group set and, you know, carbon cranks and really nice carbon wheels and a titanium frame set. And I just looked at that and I was like, that is an expensive fat bike. And you know, but it I still think I've has. seen,
0: I think I've seen that fat bike. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, there's definitely, if you really want to spend money on anything in the bike industry, uh, every category will, will find a way to make that happen for you. And, and there's certainly those cut above customers where, you know, they want to be able to ride, uh, as, I don't know, it's necessarily the best. They want to be able to ride the most expensive thing that's out there. Right. Uh, and, and the great thing about our industry is, is we're happy to provide it. Uh, no questions
0: asked. Damn, Skippy! So, the ultimate question is: Let's, you know, your fairy godmother says, "Hey, here's a gift certificate, one dropper post of your dreams oh, wow. for your Skookum." What is it?
5: Uh, I really, you know, if we're going back up to Canada here. I really like uh, nine point eight. I think is is the name of their brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're based out of Canada. Uh, mostly because uh, there's a there's a, an, an engineering uh, group that, that I work with uh, mm-hmm. called Kevin Kwan Studios out of Toronto and um, he's had se- several of the folks that started that dropper post brand were actually interns with him at, uh, when they were students at the University of Toronto and so for, for something that for a company that just specializes in droppers the amount of engineering and product development support that goes into a singular component, uh, versus what some other brands do. Uh, I would probably get one of those mostly because they're always, I, I would want my fairy godmother to get it because they're almost always out of stock whenever <laughs> I'm looking to get one.
2: Yeah, and, and two, sure.
5: They also, uh, they also have, I mean, one of the benefits of being in the bike industry is you can generally get an, an EP purchase program. Nice. They don't have an EP purchase oh, program. So wow. I'm not incentivized to be able to get it, which raises my curiosity even more. <laughs> um, I, I had a chance at, uh, at, at, uh, outer bike, uh, about two and a half years ago to ride a bike that had that dropper post on it. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very impressed at the modulation. It also had adjustable ride height. So, uh, you know, we were riding the whole, I was riding the whole enchilada uh, on this bike that had this dropper post and I was able to vary the return height based off of, um, you know, the ride, the ride conditions that I was in. And oh, I, I was cool. just, I was very, very impressed with it. And then I got back to the booth and I asked how much it cost and it immediately disqualified it from <laughs> whatever thing that I own. But you're like, um, oops,
0: sorry. I asked. <laughs> but yeah. I
5: mean, more, more, more out of curiosity, that would probably be, you know, if, if money was not an object and if, if, it, and, and if everything was in stock globally, that would probably be the first thing I would get.
0: Cool. Well yeah. I, pr- I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on Dropper posts and uh, I look forward to seeing what you guys have cooked up. I saw a picture on the internet the other day that I uh, was like, "Hmm. I think I see yeah. something uh, new."
5: We've got some uh, we've got some exciting things uh, coming out as a brand uh, later on in fall of 2021 and and going into spring of 2022 uh, we are, we love fat bikes. We love our brand. This is the only thing that we specialize in. We don't, you know, we don't get into, you know, we don't do road bikes. You'll certainly never see us, uh, making a a time trial bike, but it's, uh, but we, we've got a a few things coming out, uh, during this, during this pandemic, uh, staying at home. It it just allowed us to really get our ideas to the forefront and we're going to be evolving some, some fan favorites. Uh, into the next generation, and then we're also we've got a couple of new products that are coming out that I think folks are going to be excited about. So, you'll have to have me back on the podcast so we can talk about those things once we're once we're ready to put the good word out there.
0: Absolutely. And right now, I'm testing and riding your new Big Sue uh, carbon wheel set. With yep. Uh, yep. Alaska Edition Fatback hubs and uh, yeah, I have uh, I've got some studded tires mounted on there and been doing a bunch of recon rides on gravel that's part gravel, part ice, part snow. You know, because we're in the middle of uh, March here. So yeah, uh, and uh, I'll be reviewing those in the coming weeks. So. Yeah, always excited about that. So we've got, uh, not only, not only new parts
5: and pieces coming out and components, but, uh, we've also got some, some new bikes, uh, in the works as well. So all very exciting stuff. Uh, and we, you know, I'm sure that your listeners and, and, and the readers of your website will probably get some early glimpses or some reviews through a lot of those, uh, you know, through you first. Uh, uh-huh. so that's, that's something that, that we certainly look forward to getting out and getting your, getting the impressions from your team on.
0: Cool. Well, thanks for being on the show. Scott Wolf yeah, from Fat Bat Bikes.
5: Right on. We'll enjoy
0: the rest of your day. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Cheers. Whoa. Travis.
1: Coas. Wow, man. You're Woo, how you doing?
0: <laughs> wow. How's did you absorb that knowledge? Did you did your is your brain like a big wet Sopping sponge of dropper post knowledge now.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Yeah. Yes. Make
1: an educated purchase.
0: Yeah. So we never actually asked you. Uh do you have a skookum? Do you have do you have a dropper post on your skookum?
1: No. I do not have a dropper on the skookum.
0: Well, after this show, you're going to probably have an opportunity to do a little uh, shopping. Let your fingers do the shopping in the yellow pages for a dropper post. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I know that I've uh, I've done some some window shopping on some of the stuff that came up in in our uh, four interviews about it. We were going to talk about. We were going to talk to Clinton Hodges. We were going to talk to Greg Mattis. Uh, we had so many other people but that's how we end up with like a 2 hour show and i don't know i just don't think that you guys have that much patience i don't think i have that much patience <laughs> we we gave you 2 hours about head hands and feet uh i didn't want to i didn't want to push our luck with giving you 2 hours of <laughs> dropper post so it's going to be about well you probably know now cuz you're at the end it was about an hour so, go ride your bike or something, or God, please, somebody send me an email that says, yeah, I listen to these things while I ride my bike. And it's a real bike, not one of those Zwift things, or, you know, one of those trainer virtual reality things. Although, Oculus. Oculus. Yeah, Oculus. Did you ever hear that? Oculus? I have not heard of Oculus. I'm just trying to mention it as many times as I can, in the whole that they send me some virtual reality goggles so I can fly and stuff. Uh, so you Don't can, uh, talk about virtual reality porn. Do, do right, not, right. not stain this that's show not, by, by mentioning virtual reality porn. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I just did. Damn it. Way to trick that's me into that, it, Travis.
3: That's the next episode. <clears throat> The Danger Gnome Porn Fest.
0: <laughs> I Really, am thinking of bringing Gnome Fest back. Yeah, and not just not just me going camping by myself as Gnome Fest, because that's how it was last year. <laughs> just like me, and a couple of bikes, and some ravens flying around con and clicking at me. Right. Wanting your french fries? Yeah, you know, and it's weird. It, I see... I see crows all the time and they're always watching me. So next time you see a crow, tell them to say hi to me and then when I see a crow, I'll tell them to say hi to you. It'll sound something like this.
2: Caw! Caw!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just like that. Any closing words for our listener? Yeah, I hope everybody uh, gets an opportunity to get out
3: here in the spring. You know, in the snowy climates, get get on the the snowy trails while we still got them. And uh, I imagine everywhere else, people are probably getting pretty stoked to get on some dirt.
0: Yeah, it's the first uh, day of spring. This thing, this thing launches on the vernal equinox, so you can balance an egg, you can ride your bike, you can uh, I don't know listen to some death cab for cuties. Meet me on the Equinox? Meet me halfway? Yeah. Or some Metallica battery, you know.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we should probably just close on being weird and being first day of spring and going around your us bike.
1: Out Check us out
5: on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Happy F-Bite. spring.
0: Happy trails. Happy camper.
1: if I have to